Series 5, Episode 11, The Lodger. I'm Kelvin Bridge. And I'm Sarah Bird. Welcome back to Impossible Podcasts uh, as we continue our Doctor Who commentaries. This week we reach The Lodger. Yep. This was the episode that introduced uh, Craig, as played by James, James Corden. Corden. Yep. Of Gavin and Stacey fame, and it's much more of a lighter episode. Mm. I enjoyed this episode. I think James Corden was really good. Um, and his dynamic with, uh, with Matt Smith was very good as well. So uh, I liked this episode, and I liked the subsequent episode we got in the following season as well. Yep. Closing um, time. We didn't know it at the time, but it spawned a sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed this one. Um, I know that as some people who found it a bit too silly, comedic, um, don't like James Corden, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's also based on the Doctor Who magazine comic strip, which ah. uh, was based around the Tenth Doctor, David Tenth Doctor, uh, lodging with Mickey Smith. Um, oh, right. No, I mean... I don't think Mickey Smith and... Well, we haven't seen Mickey Smith and, Mickey Smith and this current Doctor together, have we? Uh, no. No, we wouldn't have done, would we? No, so. he was last seen in The End of Time. The End of Time. Having been somewhat arbitrarily married off to mm. Martha Jones. Yes. So we'll get started with the episode. So if you're listening along at home, uh, press play now. This park here is just around the corner from where we are now. Um, So it's quite fun seeing some of the Cardiff. I think it's Waterloo Gardens and uh, places around there. Oh, I was trying to remember how Amy ended up in a different place from the Doctor. Mm. Oh yeah, and this is also something of an Amy light episode. Yeah. Uh, because she spends most of her time stuck in the TARDIS. Yeah. I don't think we had a Doctor light episode as such this in series five. Um, because they didn't have the Christmas a Christmas special uh, to film with the Doctor as part of. Hmm. This no, plot. not that I can think of. This is written by Gareth Roberts, who's written quite a lot of the lighter Doctor Who episodes. Um, he also wrote The Shakespeare Code. Yay! I like The Shakespeare Code. <laughs> and I'm aware I'm on my own with this, but I like The Shakespeare Code. Um, the Unicorn and the Wasp. And he's also written a lot of the Sarah Jane ones. Although with Sarah Jane, he tends to write the more serious emotional ones in contrast yeah. to 
He's lighter Doctor Who ones. Yeah. So, but some of his Sarah Jane ones have been first class. Um, whatever happened to Sarah Jane being a particular highlight. We have done some Sarah Jane commentaries, so do check those out in the archive. So here we are, the first uh, appearance of James Corden as Craig, yeah. and I cannot for the life of me remember her name. Daisy. Playing Sophie, Daisy Haggard. One furniture available immediately. Shared kitchen, bathroom with 27 year old male, non smoker, 400 pound PCM per calendar month. So you're professional. That's a ideal. That's all mission in life, Craig. Find me a man. Yeah, otherwise you have to settle for me. You have to settle for me. It does a good job of just establishing the relationship between them very quickly and economically, the kind of. Along with the creepy, strange oh, mould so. spread, yes. spreading. Okay, it's funny that they don't it. <laughs> that they don't think it's odder that. I mean, even if you don't know much about mould, you do know that it doesn't spread quite like that. If you want, look carefully, there's a flyer for a Van Gogh exhibition on the fridge. Is there? <laughs> nice little nod back to the previous episode. The yeah. uh, there's a rather odd, creepy photo on the wall there of a clown, which oh. is also, in terms of incidental detail, people were speculating whether it had some significance. Yeah, Van Gogh. Ah, there you are. But no, it's just a creepy picture of a clown. Oh, I love this scene. Like he's talking to a fridge, which is hilarious. <laughs> I like this picture. <laughs> Getting the bromance between Craig and the Doctor off to a good start. Yep. Um, Matt Smith has something in his ear then, in that sense. Yes. Yeah, it's his communication with Amy. Oh, I've forgotten that. Have we ever seen that before? Um, I don't think so. Just a convenient communication device. Yeah. While the TARDIS has whisked Amy off somewhere else. Hmm. I didn't put the apple up today, I didn't put my dress. Well, I love to carry along. More lucky than you know. <laughs> Guess you'll be young professional, more of an ancient amateur. <laughs> I like the line about the doctor being an ancient amateur. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
I do like when the doctor tries to do normal every day. It makes me yeah. laugh. Yeah. I, like I, I think um, it's fun and it harks back to some scenes in the classic series where you've got the same kind of thing because um, uh, in the Sylvester McCoy story Survival at the end of the 80s it was quite unusual in setting um, the Doctor down in a um, modern council estate and uh, and it very much kind of sets the scene for where Doctor Who went when it came back. But in the 80s, it, you kind of hadn't had the Doctor in that very down-to-earth setting. But you have some quite amusing scenes of the Doctor trying to work out how to buy cat food and not quite remembering how this whole money thing works. But um, the, the Doctor's... Um, understanding of 20th century norms and culture does seem to wear very wildly depending on the requirements of any yeah. given story because um, uh, you can't quite imagine this working with David Tennant's doctor because no. he was seemed a lot more clued up yeah. whereas Matt Smith is a bit more he's never Um, Matt Smith never quite lost the the slightly wackiness he got um, just after the regeneration. Obviously, the regeneration he went very mad, didn't he? Yeah. Um, But he never really lost that. But I like that, and I know. But I know a lot of people don't. I think sometimes the zaniness goes over the top. Because I like it. Um, I like it when they balance it with the serious moments, so that you know that he is actually yeah. serious and intelligent under the zaniness. Yeah. But sometimes it's just his tawdry quirks. Yeah. Is he also seems to have quite a habit of doing strange things with food, as we see now. He's trying to make a, an omelette. One would imagine. Yeah, um, the zaniness can get a little bit much at, at times. Just it's the hyperactive, um, crazy uh, cartoon character doctor. I. Yeah, I I like. I think I've said on this podcast before. Actually, I like it because although I I liked David Tennant as his Doctor, mm. I think towards the end a lot of the writing for David Tennant got very um, serious and got very sort of contemplatory. Yeah, we'd lost some of the fun in in some of it, and I think I quite like the contrast now and the mm. the uh, the excitableness of, of Matt Smith as the Doctor. Because uh, an episode like The Impossible Astronauts. Um, gets a good balance, I think. Because on yeah. the one hand, you have those kind of more intense, serious moments in the TARDIS where you say, um, what's going on? Trying to work it all out. He's taking it all very seriously. And then you've got him, um, bring me Jeremy Dodgers and affairs when he's sitting yeah. in the White House. And uh, it's just when it gets too much one or the other, either too serious or too zany, that it gets a bit. (laughs) (laughs) 
thing is, he has no idea what he's on about. In case you want to bring some kind of girlfriend, boyfriend. Oh, I will. I'll shout. So nice. I was not expecting this! <laughs> I do wonder how. I wonder how this came about. I wonder whether Matt Smith and James Gordon knew each other before. But they do they do play off each other very well. Yeah. They had both been in the History Boys, but not at the same time, I think. Right. romantic comedy films but they've got them laying on opposite sides of the beds hmm. when they're doing that cut between the two of them aren't they yeah, it's one way to get Amy's scenes out the way easily, just stick her on the side set yeah. for a day. <laughs> stuck. I think one of the things in the story that does sort of jar slightly is that um, the Doctor does take so long to investigate it. Yeah. It does seem slightly artificial considering the number of times the Doctor does just go blundering in without knowing what's going on. Especially as he appears to know that there is something going on from the moment he Mm. Um, the moment he turns up on the doorstep, so yeah, so um, it's a unusual level of caution for the doctor. Yeah. Anyone else giving this conversation? We're talking absolute gibberish. It would be absolute gibberish anyway. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? Have you seen you? That's not the first time the series Matt Smith has worn sunglasses. He had them on in uh, uh, Cold Blood as well. Ah, yes. They were thermal yeah. imaging sunglasses, though, weren't they? Special. Special, possibly sonic sunglasses. Quite Interesting. Localised time. That's not quite a time loop, that's just the clock's going forwards and backwards. Stacey, what do you say? Um, I wasn't, I haven't watched a great deal of Gavin Stacey, I didn't watch it when it was first on. Mm. Um, but I have seen some episodes and it is, it is quite funny, it's quite harmless really. Mm. Um, 
but I have to say, I'd never got out of my way to watch the movie James Corden in. Yeah. Um, until I until I saw him in this actually, um, and in, in you know in the second episode he did, but um, I did quite like him in this. I think because of the dynamic between him and Matt Smith, I think. Yeah, there's a very good interplay between. I think it's interesting because um, uh, the Doctor Who has predominantly tended towards having a female com- companion. Yeah. Because uh, then you've got the whole uh, male-female um, just balance and you can have the kind of love interest thing which they do yeah. with varying degrees of success and appropriateness. Yes, yes. Um, but uh, I, I think um, Craig shows that um, you could... Uh, have a um, male um, just have a male companion in it yeah. and there are fun and interesting things you can do with that and there is a that kind of buddy movie yeah. type feel more so than they did with, with the few bits we see in with just Rory mm. oh. I heard a big game oh because Rory, although they have developed him well, he is still very much defined in relation to Amy. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, um, a gag from the comic as well. Uh, you have Mickey Smith trying to use the sonic screwdriver to brush his teeth. Ah. Uh, so they swapped it around. Oh dear, Doctor. Not good when you're fully clothed, certainly not when you're wearing just a towel mm. and a toothbrush. <laughs> I'd forgotten about the football. Oh, yes. Matt Smith putting his football skills to good use. Yeah. Because as, as has been widely reported. Hang on, he's wearing a different towel now. Just stand on the side of my mascot. Sorry. Sorry. Mascot. Mascot. Well, yeah, not, not my mascot, is it? Football match. I can't take a date. Is it there? Is it a date? It's going well. <laughs> Keep digging, Craig. Yep. I think even the doctor might have tweaked it or something. Yes, but that was... Just a bit of a mess. Yes. <laughs> you are not the door. How did you do that? Those are your keys. You must have left them last time you came here. Yeah, but I... How many of these are my keys? I've been holding them. I thought you could just set the got a pink thing on them. Yeah. Let's see. You must like it, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's not uncomfort- uncomfortable at all. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, number 11, of course. Yes. 11. Doctor. What is she doing with the... Uh... 
The doctor does get a lot of um, practice at running, so you yes. he's quite fit from all that dodging Daleks, Cybermen, etc. <laughs> he's very skinny, though. Because, again, this is something of a departure for the Doctor, because he, don't, he does tend to be portrayed as more of the geeky type. Yeah. And it's... The idea we can actually possibly play football, which is yeah. not something usually combined with a geek. It's the humour of the unexpected. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, poor Craig. <laughs> It reminds me a bit of the um, funny moment in one of the Doctor Who novels, Father uh, Time, where the Doctor's lost his memory and he's been stranded on Earth for a hundred years. Yeah. But he reaches the 1980s, and um, one of the things he does is that he ends up playing uh, snooker down, or, um, uh, or maybe pool down at. Uh, um, up somewhere mm. and it's like um, hmm takes a look at it a simple a- application of uh, Newtonian physics sort of blinds <laughs> it up uh, knocks it and all of the balls uh, hit all, uh, all pocket themselves yeah. in order it's like uh, is that how you're supposed to do it? What's happened? Can you and that the doctor adopts the daughter, and it's much better than the doctor's daughter. Yeah. Oh, poor Craig. Inappropriate use of dramatic hero yeah. speech. And an annoying time loop. The doctor's thing is a bit like the ear pods that the mm. control people Also, when he was in the house and the time loop, loop struck, mm. he did say it was a localised time loop. Well, he's not in the house now. Yeah. And the localised time loop seems to have followed him. I'm sure the zigzag plotter is mentioned in... A Tom Baker story or something, I just can't remember where. I'm sure it's a reference to something. To something. Yeah, Roberts likes to Possibly don't tell her that's a possibility, Doctor. Of course. 
Yes, my housemates in first year did. It's a cliche. My housemates are not me. to get quite a few of them in the, this episode actually mm-hmm. I think this is going. it is very sweet I do I do like just the very ordinary simple yeah. story they do with her and um, <laughs> Craig and, and the doctor the, the doctor is the wild card element <laughs> yeah. in shows that the Doctor isn't quite as oblivious as he no, as he uh, to be. To be so she can't. You need loads of qualification. Yeah, Because scary. Everyone knows around here. Like, Craig got a job in London. Bet money didn't make it. What's wrong with staying here? I can't see the point in London. Well, perhaps that's you better. Perhaps you'll just have to stay here, secure, and a little bit miserable to the day you drop. Better than time will fade away. <laughs> <laughs> Not like the wine gun. No. Why are you saying that? That's horrible. Is it true? Of course it's not true. I'm not staying in the call centre all my life. I can do anything I want. Uh, oh, yeah, right. Oh, oh my God, did you see what he did? Sorry, what's happening? Are you going to live with monkeys now? Big old boy. Work out what's really keeping you away. Hint, hint. Should have poked them along. Yeah. Keep going, Doctor. Which is good. It does show that the Doctor's not completely oblivious. Mm. So oh, that's that creepy kind of picture. Yeah, that is quite weird. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's funny because I guess uh, a lot of people will have um, uh, I don't know about you but I've, I've seen friends where you just think why don't they get together <laughs> <laughs> everyone else can see it yeah. they seem completely oblivious, oblivious to the possi- to it, yes. possibility so it's quite fun just Having the general every day. Uh, I love the doctor's. <laughs> this is in a frame. Sorry. Again, the doctor being more cautious than he usually is. Although I suppose if um, he thinks that. Um, Amy's in danger because of um, yeah. uh, being trapped in the TARDIS. He might be being more cautious. Than yeah. Usual. I think they could have um, lampshaded it, justified it a little bit. Yeah. Don't touch the weird mold, Craig. Look at me, I'm being normal. Human soul. Poor Craig. This reminds me of this is the scene in um, The Unicorn and the Wasp that the Doctor's been poisoned. Just the random ingredients, the rush to. That's just essentially tea and a tea bag from the bin, isn't it? Something like that. It's funny because in um, Doctor Who back in the 60s it took them a long time to actually um, get to the point of um, putting the Doctor on every day because for the first three years or so well, with the first companions, the whole story up was that they were um, travelling with the doctor and there was no way for them to get home. What are you doing here? What are you doing just turns up in an office environment yes. it's great fun but yeah the whole for the first few years of 
and the idea was with the doctor wasn't in control and couldn't get the companions back in the uh, okay. so it was sort of built into the format that you couldn't have something um, on present day Earth because that would be the end of their story as it were um, but um, it's um, Which I think can work really well because um, Doctor Who, part of the appeal of Doctor Who is the collision of the yeah. everyday and the extraordinary, mm. which is also something I really like when they do that in Harry Potter, like yeah. all, um, things hidden in plain sight mm. type thing. I mean that works in a lot of um, a lot of series, doesn't it? Mm. It's a lot of the appeal. It's what helps you build that world to begin with. Is that it's somewhat parallel to our own. Yeah, and you can collide the two by taking someone from the present day yeah. and putting them in the yeah. um, extraordinary situations, other times and other places, yeah. or you can bring the Doctor and bring the monsters into our world. Yeah. <laughs> Modern society, 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 yes, it is for me. There's a Zimmer frame in there. <laughs> That's most of my I, my days. I get the impression that Gareth Roberts might not be that impressed by modern art. No. <laughs> This is one of these random plot shortcuts. Yeah. Hey, flashback sequence. Old doctors. I mean, the doctor have been established as being able to do mind meld type stuff before. Like yeah. In um, building the fireplace. It's hilarious he has to do it by headbutting him. <laughs> that's a new variation. Yes, with this right book, which is not because Amy has all this time travel. 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 Running short of running time left to wrap yes, up the plot. To, to get the, to uh, a few shortcuts. the new companion on board enough that he's useful in the remainder of the of the episode. Yes, just as in The Girl in the Fireplace, it was to fast forward to the relationship yeah. between um, the Doctor, Doctor and, and Madame de Pompadour. Mm. Now, of course, this ship that we see is revealed to be um, the same as the one that the silence uh, building or using in um, the impossible astronaut. Yeah. But that wasn't really explained. No. uh, where I thought it was going with that was that um, it would turn out that they 
needed um, a Time Lord to pilot the ship, which yeah. is why they needed uh, to arrange um, for, for River uh, to present. Um, they uh, needed a Time Lady. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that she'd end up as some time travelling assassin in that very ship. Uh, but um, that's not quite how it works out. How it all fits together still doesn't seem very clear. No. And I'm somewhat sceptical as to whether there is, in fact, a coherent plan or whether Stephen Moffat's just making it up as he goes along. Because uh, the number of loose ends still left over from this and from the big. Um, the Big Bang and Doric opens, and um, this why it explodes and everything. I'm hoping that it will um, all fit together, but with the time that's passed, I'd rather. Yeah, it seems definitely. a bit unlikely that he's going to revisit it all and tie it all together. Mm. It's good that he remembered the sonic screwdriver this time, not the toothbrush. Yeah. To help Sophie then. It was going to be um, a different villain. It was going to be Meglos, who was a villain in Tom Baker's time. And it was uh, he's a bit of a rubbish villain, and that was going to be the joke. It, it's me, Meglos, last of the Zorafalfians. Um, uh, and the doctor be like, who? <laughs> He's like, surely you must remember me, or yeah. old nemesis. It's like, no, sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I defeat a lot of people. This um, so, I too much of the ship, my It does annoy me when they do the whole pointless um, escalation thing. The whole world is in peril! It doesn't actually um, just having him shout that it's not just the whole earth, the whole solar system. That doesn't actually raise the stakes at all. No. It's just so silly. But if you're ten years old, it's probably daunting enough. Yeah, but it'd be daunting enough without it. Well, yeah, true. We care about the ducks and we care about these characters. Yeah. And we know that bad stuff will happen. You don't need to go, oh, it's. <laughs> I do like that. Yeah. Oh. I love that. I love you too, and you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I do think they do a nice job of just tying it together. Um, the, yeah. The reason it works for Craig is that he doesn't want to leave. Yeah. Um, I think that the science is a bit shaky, but the character development is, yeah. is nice. I think. 
I try not to think, think too hard about the science anyway, so uh, Everybody out. Something we didn't comment on was the revelation that the um, building didn't have the top floor. Yeah. Um, that was nicely done. I quite like that reveal. I quite like that reveal. I found the plans. We can't be upstairs. There is no upstairs. And this did lead to speculation that um, there wasn't an upstairs on Amy's house. On Amy's well, house. You see the stairs leading up and it could have been another of those hidden in plain sight. Because you had another perception filter thing on, on Amy's place, didn't you? Perception filter, there never was a top floor. Good old perception filter. <laughs> Accountable for a lot of things. Also, the ship looks slightly like a wasp. Just like I thought that. Oh, kissy, kissy. What about the monkeys? Because I forgot she doesn't actually live there, does she? No. <laughs> but she has two sets of keys to get in. <laughs> and then you do have the whole poignancy of the doctor not being able to not being able to stay um, in order to I want you to keep these. Thank Because it might pop back soon, have another little set. Maybe you won't, I've been in your head, remember? Still need to keep it. But he will come back. Mm. Thank you. Now then, 6,426,000 in the world. That's enough to be. <laughs> Obviously, pointing it because she has one. It's yeah. just been erased from the entire universe. Slightly problematic. And to that point, she now finds the ring, doesn't she? Yeah. Something can be remembered. Yeah. Back. So that's the run up to our last two episodes. It's a, double, it's a two-parter to finish, isn't it? Yes, indeed. Which we'll be covering in the next two weeks. Or myself and Pete will, anyway. Yep, unfortunately. We don't seem to be able to get <laughs> all of us together. In the <laughs> no? same, same room for commentary at the moment. Apparently I don't have much on, though, because I'm in all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, the next two are The Pandora Opens and The Big Bang. Uh, yes, indeed. In that order? Yep. Oh, I am very surprised. I actually remembered. So there we go. 
I really like that episode. Yeah, I, I think it does a really good job. It's it's really nice and mm. fun, and um, yeah, I think it just does a good job of um, playing up the humour, having that kind of sitcomish thing while mm. combining that with her save the world plot, which is yeah. slightly perfunctory. But... Oh yeah, I think the, the save the world plot sciencey bit is a bit lacking, but I think it's a lot of character development and I, I like and I love the fact that they brought Craig back hmm. um, obviously with Stormageddon is it? <laughs> yes his son um, in, the, in the, the next series I really like that they brought him back I just like that like you said we've been so used to a female companion and that whole dynamic of hmm. will they won't they or you know like definitely won't like Catherine yeah. Tate's character and whatnot, but um, it's just nice to have, you know, just a, a play around again with having someone different, really. Yeah, uh, I, I would like them to bring Craig back for the mm. third thing, make a trilogy of it. Yeah, I, I would um, as well. Uh, I'm, I think they're introducing uh, Jenna Louise Coleman in the Christmas special, yeah. so it looks like they won't be going for the It's a Wonderful Life. Um, with Craig idea that uh, I've got but maybe next year yeah I do, I do hope they bring him, him back I think he's he's good yeah they'd have to do a lot of work if he was ever to become if he was ever to become an actual companion because hmm. I think they'd have to do some serious work about where they think they would progress his character because he I mean in the two episodes he's been in he's very yeah. good at playing the Slightly useless. Yeah, well, they, 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 did, they, they did it with Donna. I don't think they would have him as a companion. No. I think, um, in terms of in story wise, now, now that he has mm. um, a son. wife and son, then that's mm. uh, probably um, you wouldn't be able to do that with no. this character. Um, I just think, on a practical level, I don't know necessarily that James Corden could. Could mm. commit to something like that as well, anyway. But uh. but yeah, I think it is quite a strong parallel with Catherine Tate, a mm. fairly well-known comedy character. Yeah. But I think the character of Craig is mu- um, was much more immediately likable and relatable yeah. than Donna was. Especially as Donna did that first Christmas special before she became the companion. Yeah. It was so wholly irritating <laughs> and screamed a lot. And she's very good in series four, but they did yeah the character and develop the character. And I really liked her as a companion. I mm. couldn't stand her in that Christmas special because she just screams the entire time and she just didn't have a lot to her in terms of her character. Yeah. But then I, I think they did a good job with her in the series, but um, i definitely like to see Craig, Sophie and Stormageddon back. But, uh, but next is the Pandorica Opens. Indeed. The Pandorica will open, silence will fall. When the question is asked, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and that's the run to the end of the series. Yep, and then it won't be long until uh, the new series. The new series. Series 7 starts in probably late August or early September. Early September. So yes, not stay long. tuned. And next week... Uh, well, next week at time of recording, um, tickets for the BFI screening uh, go on sale, so I'm going to try and get along to that, yeah. possibly. Mm-hmm. So, 
we will see what happens. So let us know what you think of yes. the lodger, uh, what you thought, and um, whether you'd like to see Craig back. Indeed. We've had some comments on uh, the Vincent and the Doctor um, Last week's. commentary. Yeah. So thanks very much for those. We'll pick those up in points of who in a couple of weeks. In the end, at the uh, end of the month and any of the other comments we get. Yep. So uh, thanks for listening. Let's uh, keep them coming. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Impossible Podcast. For more Doctor Who commentaries, plus other science fiction and fantasy reviews and discussions, please visit our website, impossiblepodcasts.blogspot.com, or search for us on iTunes. We'd love to hear from you. Please follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or email us via impossiblepodcasts at gmail.com. Thanks for listening! <laughs>